Hi, everybody, and welcome to Tim and Joel Call It in the Ring. It's midnight. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to do the biggie thing, but I went real weird with it, real wrong. So here we are. Welcome to Tim and Joel Call It in the Ring. Midnight. Sunday. My, my biggest fear was doing this show at midnight and seeing this chat fill up and forcing us to have to do this more often, Tim. And it's here and it's happening and I'm scared. Hello, friends. This is the After Dark Tim and Joel Call It in the Ring. It is technically Monday. We are live at midnight. Oh, I said Sunday. Yeah, it is Monday as of now. The- the reason, well, I mean, it's still Sunday for some of our West Coast friends. I had to friends. put the cat, no, I had to put the cat, well, yeah, yeah, I guess for those people. Those people and their those people. coasts. Listen, if you're left coast, west coast, east coast, southern coast. coast, I don't care where you are, drop a like on the video if you're watching us here on YouTube. If you are listening to us after the fact because you went to bed like a regular human being, if you're listening to us in audio form, Wherever you get your podcasts, drop us a five-star review because I can't tell you how much that's going to help in getting our words out there into your friends' ears or to new friends. So let's get to that. Tim, we have a lot to talk about today. Mm, Caleb, take me with you. I can, I, I'll stop watching. <laughs> it's been a long weekend, and I'm not talking in duration. I'm talking in news, in conversation, in discourse. I took some time off of Twitter. I know you did as well, Tim. Yeah, I wasn't on. I was in a pool. It's it's frustrating because on Friday night, in the middle of SmackDown, I get a DM saying releases are coming with a message of who they are. <laughs> Big and, news ahead. <laughs> and I'm like, are you like, are you bloody serious? Uh. And so I start prepping my own tweets because i was waiting for sean to break the news because i'm not that person i don't break news i talk about it and then sean finally started firing off the releases and i did my thing and so everyone who knows knows by now that nxt had a ton of releases uh start from the bottom and move our way up desmond troy who's that no 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 what are we gonna do what do you want to talk about them as we go you want to blast through the releases and then let me give you all the names and then we'll go one by one love it let's do it troy so Desmond Troy, Giant Zengier, Usher Hale, uh, Jake Atlas, Zachariah Smith, Stephon Smith, no relation, Kona Reeves, Ari Sterling, Bobby Fish, Mercedes Martinez, Leon Ruff, Tyler Rust, Bronson Reed. Obviously the last four or five, the most shocking of the bunch. Oh, let's go one by one. Ah. Desmond Troy. So he, he's been on TV before, right? I've seen him on NXT yes. recently. Yes, that's what I yes. thought. Desmond okay. Troy was <laughs> featured in a few of the uh, the Dusty Cups. He was one yep. of the teams that was taken out to be, uh, to be replaced. So that was one of his appearances. He was also formerly known as Denzel Desjardins, which was his real yep. name. Good uh, name. Changed his name to Desmond Troy for WWE. Yeah, I, I vaguely recall talking about, like, why is he Desmond Troy when he's got a name that good? And then going, oh, because WWE wants to own everything. And we will talk about that in a few <laughs> minutes. Uh, his last appearance was on the July 2nd episode of 205 Live. I'm getting this, by the way, from our friend Jeremy Lambert over at Fightful. This was the article he wrote with just the releases and their last appearances. So that's Desmond Troy. Uh, Giants and Jeer, most people don't know. And is he a giant? Do, is he a big man? He's a large man. Makes he sense. Indian. He was yep. on the 
superstar spectacle. Yep. He was viewed as one of the great Kali's newest, biggest big men. Uh, I guess it just wasn't in the cards for Zinjir. I don't think like all of their break into the Indian market just didn't happen. Like it seemed like they were going to try that, and then I guess it didn't test well, which would be a massive shock to me. I think they just bungled whatever their plan was, if they even had a plan. Yes. Uh, and I also think that there are certain things that got out of the way and screwed up their plans, things that were out of their control, such as a global pandemic. Whatever. Uh, you can still build it. I don't know. You they can. Have the, they have a billion dollars and people, you can hire people in India. Like, I th- I, yes. I just, I have a feeling it wasn't worth it for them to go out and start an entire product, especially fair in the middle of a pandemic where they couldn't really keep up on it. UK is the only thing that's happening abroad where they have rigged up a system to keep yeah, yeah. track of no, it no, live it's totally as it's fair. recorded. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Asher Hale was signed in WWE to, uh, six months ago, like yeah. recently. He was on the July 30th episode of 205 Live. So we're talking last week. He's gone. I mean, they're still running the show, too, which is the weirdest thing. Because, like, they have to. I feel like they're contractually <laughs> obligated to produce 205 Live. And, like, there's no one to wrestle on it. Now, what's really interesting and funny, to a point, is that of the last two sets of releases, there were people who were wrestling on that night or that weekend's episode of 205 Live. <laughs> so and it like- happened again. 50% of the releases this time around. We're on 205 Live literally that night, like less than an hour away. They should all just follow What's-His-Name's lead and just tweet out, I guess this one's a loser leaves town match. So actually... And also, I guess this one's a winner leaves town match. (laughs) Alex Zane, who did have a match on 205 Live, he he had a a video of himself on TV on 205, and then he pans over to his face and he's like, "Uh," very (laughs) awkward. So some of them are taking it in stride. Let's face it. Like you, sometimes you just got to laugh. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to skip over Jake Atlas for a second. Cause I have, yes. I have more to say about him. So Zachariah Smith. Zachariah Smith is a, a, a pro baller. He came in, he was just training, never had a match on TV. Not really, didn't really make that much of an impact or at least it wasn't his time. He's gone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Big man as well. Uh, Stefan Smith is a referee. Uh, he yeah, that was, was weird. That one was like, re- okay, sure. They, they cut Jake Clemens last time as well. He's yeah, another yeah, yeah. referee. Um, but again, like it's the referee. And listen, referees are they're prone to be cut as well. That's yep. just the reality of it. Uh, Kona Reeves is he was the longest standing NXT signee. 2014 is when Kona Reeves was signed. He hadn't wrestled since what? 2020, February. And uh, he was injured as well. So he's, yeah. but he, now he's cleared either way. Oh, okay. So they waited for him to get healthy and then see ya. I mean, listen, there's good and bad to that. On the one side, they covered his, uh, they covered his, his rehab or at least yeah. covered his yeah, get yeah. better. And then they said, forget you. You're gone. Uh, Ari Sterling regularly featured on 205 Live. Yeah. He faced Kushida. That's the, the, the Alex Zane. That's what I was talking about. The story. Uh, Bobby Fish. Fish was kind of going down. Yeah. Gonna... After UE, they're like, what are they going to do? I guess fish is a conversation about uh, what NXT might look like in the future. You got a guy who is in his forties has been injury prone as well. It's been a lot for Bobby fish. And I just don't think that NXT was where they wanted him. And I don't even think they had plans for him to move anywhere else. No. Uh, So that was Bobby fish. Uh, Mercedes Martinez. I. (laughs) She got kicked right out of existence. Kayfabe. (laughs) It's so 
That's so frustrating. I like love- that. Zia Lee has murdered a person. That's 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 kayfabe. True. <laughs> that's, kayfabe. that's what's going on. She she's got straight up murder kicks. Be afraid. Although she then immediately lost. But whatever. I love Mercedes Martinez as a human being. I love Mercedes Martinez as a wrestler. I yeah. am so upset to see her go, but that's just the personal side. I will return to what I just said. She is a woman who uh, is in her 40s. Unfortunately, that means in the NXT world that they're quote unquote trying to to, to remake. Gone. Like it's not that's it, she's not young enough, which is bullshit. I really think she's a player coach. She's someone who should be there. She's someone who should be teaching the next crop of women how who to wrestle. Who are the women back there who are training? <laughs> uh, I think Sarah Mato is still there. There are okay. there are a few there, but it's also like they, the women are taught by the men as well. I know, I know, and it just seems like predominantly that's the case. Whereas maybe we should have a healthy mix, but hundred percent, you know, she is someone, and I said this on Twitter. I do not necessarily use the line so and so should go to AEW. I do not use this often. The last time I used it was with Samoa Joe. Yeah. I'm using it here with Mercedes Martinez because she is perfect for a women's division that is currently in need of a fix. Needs help. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she it will sounds... be excellent. That's the player coach you need. She deserves that opportunity if she chooses to accept it. Providing she recovers well from what I assume was a concussion. <laughs> She she did get rocked. I'm sorry. Again, love Mercedes, but you will watch that footage for the rest of your life and be like, oh, oh man. Zaya's gonna watch Alistair from from Wednesday. You know, just just get there, get to that level, please. Learn how to pull the kicks. I, I just, when that happened, I was like, man, that's what happens when you tell Triple H that you want to participate in a kickboxing competition. Leon Ruff was released, the former NXT North American champion. Yeah, my God. And like, here's the, yeah, yeah, he had that push. And we expressed this concern that they wouldn't know what to do with him after that, that feud with uh, Swerve. And here we are. Yeah. Like, very, very talented. One of the best uh, <laughs> a salesman, I guess. Like, anyway, he's damn good at selling stuff. And now he's not part of the product no more. You go back, you go back. To how he got over. He got over by getting his shit kicked off by Aleister Black. He got yeah. a contract out of that. And he got himself over in that that Damian Priest, Johnny Gargano storyline. He, he inserted himself and found himself a part of it. Uh, and then he also helped uh, Swerve. Yeah. He helped Swerve yeah. get over. Definitely. 100% he did. And it's just, it's for us. Here's your reward. Yeah. And he's getting married very shortly to Aja, who is one of the other NXT refs. But so the non-released one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're not going to they're not going to release her because um, there are optics involved. It's garbage. Uh, I like her again. I have nothing negative to say about her. I just think that they're not they're not going to release her. They touted her already as the first female black referee. Yeah. 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 That they ever hired. And they're not going to go back on that. And that's 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 the cost of their business. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, Bronson Reed is <laughs> the biggest shock the, out of sorry, all I, of I, I missed Tyler Rust. We'll yeah. get to Bronson Reed. Let's go back. Tyler Rust. All right. Second biggest shock of all. Second biggest shock because of the Diamond Mine. That weeks ago, everyone was told Diamond Mine is going to be the thing. Diamond Mine is going to be this huge new entity that puts a focus on the cruiserweight divisions. And of course, then Everyone in the cruiserweight division. They decimate the cruiserweight division and then they decimate the diamond mine. (laughs) When they never introduced Hideki Suzuki by name and it's been four weeks, 
I asked Sean, I was like, what's the deal? And they're like, yeah. they, they don't know what they're doing anymore with it. They don't. And it's clear. They're still not naming Hideki Suzuki. Therefore, whatever plans they had, gone. Absolutely insane. And again, for Malcolm Bivens, who has been trying to find his way through this developmental system as a manager, he gets screwed. But now they're yeah. putting him more with Roddy, and I hope that that's where it goes. Rust will be fine. Uh, so here's he will the, here's land on I don't really care about that. Like, I don't care about Roderick Strong and Malcolm Bivens because Malcolm Bivens has been miscellaneously attached to whoever for the last little while, and they won't let them get they won't let him get anything going. So, like, I just like I don't care that much. About, like, Roderick Strong is excellent, but like coming right out of the UE, quitting NXT, starting this thing, like it's too much. It's too much whiplash. I, I just can't get it. I can't get behind it. I don't. Yeah. Uh, in the chat, Evan is asking if uh, Brody Lee would do a BTE skit firing John Silver for being too short and over 30 if he was still God, alive. they would. They it would. would be so funny. Oh. It would be absolutely hilarious and absolutely apropos. Yeah. It, it, it's right. Dig, twist that knife. These people are awful. Bronson Reed. Mm. The man had been working dark matches before SmackDown. He is a former North American champion. He just put over Adam Cole a couple weeks ago on NXT TV absurd it, it makes no sense like it, it's just, it's he's he's equivalent to keith lee and talent and like yes. now one gets to stay and the other is departed and i don't understand it it makes no sense like and reed is seen as a very upbeat positive individual who has a lot going for him the former jonah rock was a damn stalwart like the, the man knew what he was doing they workshopped his entrance and his video package and it was very good like ah made no sense did not make sense um so with that i, I we're gonna go to, to jake atlas yeah i'm first gonna say bronson reed and jake atlas are almost definitely going to be at pwg three mendis that is their next big show and they were big PWG guys. And as someone else had pointed out, another one who could do it. Um, but those are those are telling my guys. Uh, Tyler Russ back to ROH is a possibility. Maybe go to MLW. Maybe work both. It's up to him. Uh, who else we got here that can go back? Uh, Bobby Fish could go back to Ring of Honor. He had a really good singles run towards the end of his time there. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about Jake Atlas. We brought up a few weeks ago about Jake Atlas and his use on WWE TV during Pride Month. Yeah. <sighs> they brought Months over. The, the branding has been reverted. They wanted to do something. They wanted to. Something, something in their business, something changed in WWE because they wanted to make Jake Atlas the big... I don't want to say poster boy because that sounds so dirty, but they really wanted to make it a point to show that he is the, the first male openly gay WWE superstar. Yeah. And then they never did it. They never said that he was gay. They just kind of went to the line and they never stepped over it. And that always drove me nuts. It pisses it, me off because he's he's so talented. Like, yes, it, he was a great wrestler. His that rope DDT thing was amazing, and it could have been, yes. like, the best. They could have popped him on at any point. He had three different looks and styles that all worked, and they just didn't use any of it. And it doesn't make any any sense other than just being completely out of touch. Like, Yep. They even called it the... He calls it the rainbow DDT, and they changed it. 
Excellent name. Excellent move. That he was hitting. He hit that consistently. And that's that that's so there's something to be said for that. Pulling off that type of no, none of the main wrestler or main roster stars are hitting moves that are that like difficult to do reliably, reliably. So I, I don't know. What frustrated me, just like Mercedes Martinez, they did the same thing to her. They brought her in at the start of Pride Month, gave them a W, didn't show them again until the end of Pride Month, where they literally teamed them up. In a very, very awkwardly written promo. Like, and gave them an L. <laughs> I can only laugh because it's so absolutely frustrating to see the way they treat some of the wrestlers it's dumb it's just it's foolish and anyway like out of the out of that group i really want to see bronson and jake atlas just like yeah and mercedes just find somewhere and excel because god Me too. so okay uh earlier today there was a thread recapping the the wrestling observer radio i okay yeah. I gave Dave shit on Friday because he tweeted out about how the Amelie Center in Florida before SmackDown tweeted out about the whole no photos, no, no videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he started this. going off and I had to be like, that's not a thing. For those who are wondering, that's that's a thing in every single sport, every single concert, every every event you'll ever go to in, in an arena has a policy like that and nobody enforces it. Uh, unless you go to a Tool concert. Who, yes, they are or you go to a Dave Chappelle. Aggressive. Yeah, there are certain people who do a hundred percent enforcement. Yeah. WWE was never one of them. He went no. absolutely ape shit. It only works in their favor. They, they just promoted their 80, mil, 80 millionth like YouTube subscriber. They're, you know, they want people on social media plugging their stuff. But hundred percent. So with that, let's go. This was a bit of a recap here. So it was called the the bleakest possible NXT news by the guy. This is uh, Trevor Dane. Uh, okay. Who, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, as a preference, this is all going to be shocking to me because, like, I saw, the like, I assume this ties into the thirty and un, un, under thirty and tall crap. Like, I have no idea what any of that is referring to because I could not find anything written, and I'm not going to listen to anything. So, <laughs> right. So, um, before we before we move forward, I am going to remind everyone: if you're watching on YouTube, we actually have a Discord channel, and yeah. our Discord channel is very active. And if you're here and this is your first time, come and join us there. Now. Dave says Triple H and HBK did not pick the NXT cuts, which is true. That is in no way surprised. Given how the TV programming was working, I would be surprised if they did. Yes. Uh, Vince, Bruce Pritchard, and Johnny Laurinaitis did. Again, that's true. I did did hear that as well. Uh, NXT lost the war, and they're going to change back towards an older style of development. Big guys, young guys. Moving over... Dave says there are divisive opinions about wrestling among the people in WWE, and this is who has Vince's ear this week. That's what it's all about, which we've talked about. Uh, They're going back to pre-fighting AEW. So before AEW existed, this is what they want to go back. The pre-lets out indie the indies, that's in quotes, NXT. And then Dave says the Curtis Axel era of NXT. I don't know if you watched Mm-mm. This that. is before I was, or, yeah, I was still not watching any of it except maybe WrestleMania. This was early 2010s when yeah, NXT no. used to be a variety show. It was Vince McMahon's cup of tea. It would put the, the rookies on, the new guys. Titus O'Neil made his name through that. They would sometimes pair them with pros. Uh, they would have different, you know, different challenges and also m- matches and promos. And here's the thing. I went back today and I watched some of it. And 
Some of it's not bad. Some of it's hokey mm-hmm. as hell, but it never got off the ground. It wasn't what wrestling fans wanted. I, I doesn't sound like anything I'm interested in. <laughs> no, I, and I, again, I had a good few laughs because it was like a, a, a random like half hour or an hour show and it was mostly recap packages. But when they did the in ring or in the arena stuff, I was like, ah, OK, some of this is funny. We got like the, the Titus flopping beer keg gimmick like where he, he they had to carry a beer keg around the ring and it was a competition to do who can who can do it the fastest and when titus picked it up he tripped and fell that was a thing god he fell a lot okay <laughs> yes and, and yeah like daniel bryan was mentored by the miz when he that was on sounds NXT. hilarious okay yes <laughs> so continuing on with the with the dave stuff dave was given exact wording and he doesn't say from who, but it seems like a company source or a memo. And he reads it off. And in quotes, he says, no more midgets. No one's starting in their 30s. They want people who can be box office attractions and main characters. End quote. Uh, you have that. You have had that regardless <laughs> of age, regardless of size. Like, I'm tired of the size thing because it's just Vince McMahon's fetish. Like, <laughs> that. Legit Layla Hirsch is just independently, randomly over for AEW, and she is very short. So is John Silver. Like, this is nonsense. John Silver is doing some of the most interesting, like, in-ring stuff because he's doing power moves as a dude who's, like, 5'3". Like, that's such nonsense. It's one old man's fetish. Titus O'Neil's pro in his year of NXT was Hornswoggle. Quote, no more midgets. That's actual disgusting okay. choice yeah, of words to begin that's with delightful yeah not something you want that is 20 it says here we're turning the clocks back 20 years that's trevor's interpretation and i agree it's absolutely if that's the literal wording that is over the top that cannot be okay i understand the idea of no one starting in their 30s i get that sure if it's if it is truly a developmental thing once again and i've said this a bunch of times they are athletes in like a big like uh, the better part of their work is as an athlete not as like an actor so starting in your 30s mm. one problem with that they keep cutting people who are in their early 20s too yep exactly like none of that makes sense you don't cut jake atlas then oh they're not tall yes this thing that doesn't matter a goddamn bit vince has been running on this for for ever and that's the airport test are you familiar with the airport test have you heard it no in, in conversation the airport test is very simple if i'm walking through the airport and i am a large gentleman or i'm someone who sticks out that's what vince wants so vince wants that person that while you're walking through the airport you are immediately noticed yeah i don't like that's the dumbest thing like you're just uh, go start a basketball team like because otherwise it sounds like he's trying to assemble a freak show rather than like anyway it's a circus pal uh, yeah. <laughs> Dave notes that there will always be exceptions to the rule, like how WWE still wants to keep Adam Cole, who is in fact not tall. Not like tall that. at all. I think he's the same height as me. Like Cole, who, by the way, was at SmackDown on Friday meeting with Vince McMahon in a meeting that apparently went very well. And when I was asked about it, I flat out said the Jedi Master strikes again. I really do think Adam Cole wants to stay. I've told you I think this he's on the, the air. Yeah, very charming. He can get whatever he wants. Like. I think with Adam Cole, he sees the value in being in WWE versus being in AEW. He can build his brand in WWE further, especially if he gets the terms and the conditions yeah. that he wants. He's still young. 
he's still like available. So Adam Cole, I think I do think Adam Cole stays. I do. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And, and they want him on the main roster. hundred percent. They've been coming up with storylines and ideas. It's been, that's part of the push. That's what they want. Um, so Dave, he says, quote, kind of the line has been when they get to NXT, we have to teach them not to do the indie style. And then when they come to the main roster, we have to teach them not to work the NXT style. So there has been a lack of communication throughout this entire process. And we've seen that NXT going over to the main roster time and again. We've yeah, seen people you watch the up. Viking Raiders go from being amazing to being very sterile and hurting themselves. Like, yeah, he's got. It doesn't it doesn't shock me. That there's been a miscommunication with NXT and the expectations that come from it. Yeah, I mean, it was ludicrous to be calling it a developmental territory at some point because it was the best product they had produced. And like turning it into a third brand also doesn't work because it's so disconnected from the rest of the programming. On top of it, let's face it, when NXT was at its best, they were kind of in talent hoarding mode. They were kind of trying to do that, like it said, out indie the indies. They were trying to be the destination for the the fans that would inevitably move over to uh, to AEW. I mean, it, it also just seems weird to set that as a goal. Like they don't were they touring very heavily with NXT before this? Uh, NXT. What do you mean? Is it nationally? Yeah. So yes and no. NXT did tour nationally in the last, like before pandemic. Uh, not extensively. They were no. Kind it was of mostly Florida on. based, wasn't it? Like in their they ha- they had an A and a B team. The, okay. the B team was the Florida loop. That was the coconut loop. The A team were the ones that would do mini tours here and there in different cities. But with the NXT style, when they toured, they were given accommodations. They were given tour buses. They traveled in their track suits. They were so better than all of the people on the roster. <laughs> well, but that's the thing. WWE, like the whole point of NXT was to kind of act. It, it wasn't about the wrestling. It should have been acclimating them for what road life really is. I'm not saying go and tell these people we're going to put you on the bus to get you there, but then you're going to get to every city afterwards. But they should be. They got to give them those reps. To get them and then just doing the coconut loop was stupid that's a you know three yeah. hour drive there and back whatever maybe we'll give you a hotel for the night <sighs> dave thinks we haven't seen the last of the cuts no that's i'd be true. surprised too yeah there, like if they're uh i i was told that there's one more round coming so tomorrow <laughs> during raw <laughs> fuck no i hope not doing the cuts during during the, doing the cuts during tv I mean, it was, gets it trending. It gets it trending, and then they can say WWE's trending on Twitter. <laughs> I've never been so frustrated and confused. Yeah, because they literally, they literally cut the legs off their own product while it aired by cutting. And, and granted, listen, people in the audience at the Emily Center weren't all like, "Oh my god," checking their phones like so and so just yeah. tweeted. No, they're not. Very few people were. They're watching their dull SmackDown episode that they pretty paid much too much for. We'll talk about SmackDown a little bit if we don't do two hours. Take on forever this, doing this, yeah. Um, man, and so we get we get later on PW Insider talking about uh, an internal focus on changing the NXT brand, a new logo, new lighting, focus on younger talents. We just talked about that and different format to the TV show. Now, first of all, a new set, new lighting. They just did this. 
a year ago, June 2020. Mm-hmm. Think what you will about the rebranding, because personally, I think it's shit. Like this whole leather daddy, you know, biker NXT yeah. with the big X and the it Raven. It really smacks of Triple H, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> it made no sense. It really never made sense to me why they did that. But um, yeah, I just... I don't know what the this is the same. It's the same thing that happens with they're going back on the road. They're going to give you your their best product. All the things that WWE continues to to promise and under deliver. I'm just like, I don't NXT was the only thing I was regularly enjoying, even as people said it fought, fell off lately. I'd still I enjoyed the in ring much more than anything I watch on WWE's like main roster. <laughs> Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. I was also a big NXT fan. I loved when we were doing the show from, you know, from seven to eight on Tuesdays, and then we would sit and watch NXT. Like it was entertaining. We could actually yeah. sit and like chat and watch the show and not hate it. Yeah. I'm being asked about NXT being moved to Peacock exclusively when the deal is up. They re-signed with, with USA. USA? It, oh, the, but they were on sci-fi the other night, which is that was bad. that's just because the it's USA Olympics. Yeah, it was the Olympics yeah, thing okay. for two yeah, weeks. Yeah. Um so the reason they're they're they've re-signed with USA. The the deal is undisclosed, but for all intents and purposes, Christina Salen, who is the CFO, said that uh the deal will not change any valuation on the company. Like all all money is expected to be made yeah, as yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. So but at the same time it brought up questions how much is the NXT deal worth for USA. And it seems like it's not worth nearly as much as say AEW's new deal with TNT, Warner Media and TBS. Yeah, I mean I don't I can already tell. I feel like AEW's drawing better advertisers. <laughs> so again, we go to the to the the left hand and the right hand. NXT is a developmental talent as a, as a developmental territory shouldn't make a huge amount of money for their licensing fee or for their TV fees. NXT Vince's idea should what is it? it it's unclear like that's the thing it doesn't make any sense to me because you can't call it a developmental show when like half the guys that are on there are like veterans who just aren't yes. aren't going to be moved up like you got champa you got gargano i don't know how old timothy thatcher is i don't he, maybe he just lives hard but like he doesn't look young like he's in his, he's in his 30s for sure yeah, i see sam like, shaw who is dexter loomis he is 36 that's exactly which is why i'm saying the second he moves to the main roster he's gonna be treated like the boogeyman and then he'll be let go within a few years I, I listen. I've told you what they're going to do with with Dexter yeah. Loomis. They're, they're yeah, now that one they're back single with the crowds, Elias feud, and he's gone. That's it. That's, that's it. it. Like I, it doesn't. It doesn't make much sense. And it makes he, no sense. It's just the the the. It's a crazy. Like I said, whiplash. Like they can't keep their their approach straight. Like no business changes their strategy this frequently. What I really want to see, or hear is the takeover media call with Triple H. Because after those cuts were made, the email that Triple H sent was just a thank you, period, send. He's dejected. And 20 years ago, you would never feel bad for Triple H. You would, yeah, you would like, hate him. You would he was be dancing in the streets, happy that he was down on his luck. You would be elated by the news. 
he manifested the Hunter Hearst Helmsley character, like, into reality. He came like a spoiled little rich boy who was just acting out his tough guy fantasies because he got in with the boss's daughter. And, like, yeah, not a, not a super likable dude. But at this point, he took something, made it awesome. You know, him and a team of people, but, like, he had a lot to do with the direction and gutted. Yeah. On the the quick whim of uh, of some guy like his father in law, <laughs> he's just gonna he's not gonna have much to say. Why bother? Like at that point, I like why build something if you know it's just gonna be like like if the odds of it getting torn to shreds are higher than fifty percent. Like yeah. So we'll go to Fightful Select for a minute, and these are the thoughts on the repeated mass cuts. And I'll just I'll read it verbatim. NXT yep. released over a dozen wrestlers on Friday in a regular yet shocking move. Fightful has inquired about the releases to high-level WWE officials, and one of them spoke under the condition of anonymity. The official noted to us that in 2018, the company entered a talent stashing mode with what everyone assumed were honest intentions. Fightful was told that many pitches involved collecting talent, developing performance centers worldwide, and supplementing each performance center with native and international talent and with some traveling between global territories. Within a year, the source said they could see the brakes being pumped on that and talent being parked, quote unquote, parked with an enhanced focus on going to launching NXT on USA. Once that happened, the pandemic shortly occurred, uh, occurred shortly after, and everything came to a screeching halt. The official expressed extreme frustration, coupled with explaining the line of thinking from a corporate aspect, despite the outward frustration, the, quote, it's business line of thinking is privately put forth within the company, even to Fightful by several. When asking the source who the releases fall on, they noted Vince McMahon can personally stop these at any time. But the calls are a collaborative effort. The source claimed that WWE releases are going to be a regular occurrence moving forward, but say that they personally expect 2021 to be an outlier with both the frequency and the level of talent. They also stated that, to their recollection, mass releases hadn't been a real discussion or concern within WWE for nearly four years between the summer of 2016 and 2020. Now, let's go back. 2016 is when the brand split happened, when SmackDown Live and Raw split up. When that happened, they absolutely went into talent stashing mode. They started bringing back older talent that they had who knew how to work. I remember Shelton Benjamin was one of those people. They brought him back and they were like, they wanted to bring people back who knew how to work TV. And then they had to build that brand. They had to build both brands, Raw and SmackDown. NXT 2018, it was the same thing because guess what? AEW was starting. They wanted to get those people. Global localization was real. Triple H promoted that as the next developing status of nxt yeah like uk is still going (laughs) well that was it they got the uk performance center open under the wire they wanted to go to india they wanted to go to mexico mexico listen you could crack all the stupid jokes about how mexico and japan would fare under the wwe umbrella it it would be a pain in the ass but they were going to do it yeah 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 (sighs) these cuts are going to keep happening that's fine that's, yeah, that's, like that's that is sport. Yeah, which is and that's the thing. I don't. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say like this happens all the time with people in in actual athletics. But like, what I don't what what isn't really excusable is how they build these characters. Like, take your time, identify who has real potential, um, 
train them, get them to where they need to be, and then use them on TV. Like, and if you're and if you're just testing them on TV, make them the jobbers, right? Like, make them just pop out, do little things. Don't give them whole ass characters. And like, unless they really botch it by that point, they should be off to the races. Like, if you're using them on TV, they should then have a pretty clear trajectory because they should be capable of running with that. And then don't fire them when they're basically mid plot. Like, there it is. Yes. This is the problem. This is the problem. It does come down to creative. It's yeah. not about running the show. It's not about running. It's not about the talent. It's not about the amount of talent. It is the lack of creative that goes into creating the talent and telling their stories. And they don't yeah, do it. Because well. that's the, Jake Atlas had all the stuff to do it. Like yes. they could have just used him at any moment. So it's it's weird to me that they're just firing some people. And and again, especially like Tyler Rust, who was kind of the raison d'etre of the of the diamond mind in the mind in the first place like yeah the diamond in the rust that was the that was it that was the predecessor um i'm being asked about nxt talent and if uh there would have been cuts like nxt usa two things first of all yeah nxt talent in the uk do not make nearly as much money as the, I, US. the whole thing feels cheap <laughs> and there's another thing that a lot of people aren't thinking about Speaking Out took out a bunch of those contracts. They silently released a bunch of people. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And if they, they that that alone freed up whatever they could have done. So no, there's no reason for them to uh, to clear out NXT UK. If anything, they're still going to add. They just added Tristan Archer a couple of weeks ago, who was another guy, you know. And Bea Priestley. And Bea Priestley, that's right. Yeah. The, her contract for sure. Uh, Nathan Frazier's was probably a pretty good one because they had to get him from AEW. AEW had also made offers. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Certain people, yeah, certain people are getting better deals with the UK, but it really depends on the talent. Um, and we're just, we're stuck. Like, the, 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 we don't know what the expectations are moving forward with releases. There will be more. We know this. That's, again, that's, again, that's, that's, that's sport. It's frustrating. Yes. But also, uh, I guess I'll ask you, like, is NXT really a success in its uh, current iteration? I and think I know it goes that's a to, loaded question. I think it just goes to show the difference between control. Like, uh, you have someone who is fresher to things, to this side of things, to the production side of things and, and creative direction, uh, that created something that was much more interesting than the main pro the flagship products, just because I think the people in charge of those are stale or misdirected like largely just misdirected because they have a slew of talented writers who just can't seem to put anything worth a damn on screen so it feels to me like nxt as the product it's supposed to be a developmental territory has not been a success no because it's it, no because it's not because there are people who didn't want to leave it after that right like it it doesn't work as a developmental thing. But again, why would you put a developmental thing on TV anyway? Other than, I guess, to practice TV is what they have to do. But when it was on the network, it was a lot freer. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot more open. It, it, it was like putting it on any other streaming platform. It had no no restrictions. They tried yeah. to keep it to an hour or forty five, whatever they exactly were as it should be. That like if that's what it is, if it's to develop new talent, you put it on your network. You don't worry about advertisers and you run it for an hour like 
from a business aspect, from a business standpoint, it makes it uh, it makes money. I don't think it makes enough. Yeah, that my concern with that is like looking at the ads that run, like that Nugenics garbage, and and like the same uh, insurance ads that are on literally every wrestling program. Oh, um, the Car and Shield one, ones with Ric Flair. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like th- with, these are with not L.A. Knight and Pretty Peter Avalon, and now free agent Ric Flair, who's going to go to the NWA and win the the, the ten pounds of gold. <laughs> One last title run, baby. No, no, stay home. <laughs> Old weird. Yeah, that's what it is. <sighs> I don't want to talk about the hiring firing practices. Canyon Seaman is gone. He was the guy who was uh, dealing with a lot of the the contract stuff, or at least uh, some of the talent relation stuff. And you know, he he's out because he yeah. messed up the Adam Cole situation for all intents and purposes. Nobody knew that he was going to be out on his ass like that. That Adam Cole was finishing up a contract and then semen was like uh so he's gone they uh they just replaced him this week and i think that's it for the cuts is there anything else that you really want to add about the cuts uh, no just again like i don't know why don't you just manage your shit better so you don't have to fire people <laughs> like don't just hire at who, who anyone and everyone because it turns into a mess like it's just bad business management and it's a waste of money and time. Like every like, like every business prices the time spent on this. When you have to fire someone, you have wasted a lot of money and time. Like it is not just that like the salary that's good that gets written off. You invested a lot of money in someone. And that's all in the yes. toilet now because it didn't do squat for you. Except now you've trained them up to go work for your competitors. <laughs> It's a good point. I want to talk about goodwill in wrestling brands. Yeah, you give me a look. Do you, so we, we have these releases. Morale in WWE is down. Morale amongst fans about WWE is mostly down, I would say. Would you agree with me? Uh, yeah, because Friday sucked and it's the only other product that's worth watching right now. So like I'm Tuesday's going to the NXT is going to look nearly like unrecognizable and I'm just not going to care anymore. Like I I, see, I I see, I see, uh, cameos around this time of year. Meet and greets are going upwards of $800. That's insane. Whatever. Spend your money on what you want, nerds, or you can give it to me. That's true. We do have a tip jar. Yeah. <laughs> I, I And I just think that the conversation that a lot of people are needing to be having is about, <clears throat> excuse me, is about the goodwill that wrestling companies have with their fans and how it's built and how it lasts, but also how sometimes you need to wonder how to maintain it. We saw the releases. They all went. Everyone was pissed. Everyone who saw these num- these names, these these people get released. They hated it. I get it. No one wants to see people lose their jobs, especially people who are good, who are featured on TV and deserve the opportunities. We just went through it for the last 45 minutes. And then afterwards, I saw Chris Jericho and Jericho tweeted something like now more than ever, the, the AEW is the best place in the world to work. Probably. <laughs> The thing is, for now, may, right now, he may very well be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is absolutely in the right line of thinking that when wrestlers go there, they tend to have better opportunities. But there's three things that I immediately think about. The first one is, 
how much are the tier contracts making? I want to know because AEW runs on a tier deal. I want to know how much the appearances are. If you're if you're on the bottom tier versus the contractors. And we're not going to be privy to that because that's not something that no, anyone yeah, really talks about. Um, so is are they as good as people say? If they're if they are, great, that's awesome. Uh the other thing is it's inevitable that at one point you're you're going to face scrutiny as a company. And yeah, that's that's like, that is bottom line outside of wrestling, inside of wrestling doesn't matter. Yeah, billionaires aren't your friends. <laughs> that's right. So my question to you is does a tweet like that from Chris Jericho or from others after we see a whole bunch of uh releases go down? Does that hurt? Does it hinder? Does it have no effect on the goodwill that AEW creates? Does it maybe light a fire under others? What do you think when you see when you see stuff like that right away, right after these releases are announced? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I, th- I don't know. I think that's the right thing for Jericho to do. Like, I think that's the right thing for everyone to be doing to position themselves as the more ethical alternative, as the better alternative. And like... <laughs> You know, may or may not be true because again, it's still a company, like it's still a business, and at the end of the day, they're in it to make money, and there's still like things that are cringy or make make you uncomfortable because it's it's business in wrestling. Um, but like right now, I'm much more interested in what AEW is doing, and I, and week to week, I wonder like, oh, what's going to happen next week on AEW's programs? Like they keep they keep setting up stuff like that week after week, whereas SmackDown, I'm literally going to get a remix of the same show now because the one good thing they had going was Roman Reigns, and now it's in a holding pattern where I get to see Paul Heyman shout what to fill time, <laughs> like so. Yeah, I agree, and, and again, that that's it's very frustrating when the best part about WWE is not moving forward. Actually, the best thing I would argue, the best thing this week on SmackDown was the Edge and uh, and Seth segment. Yep, it was. That was the most entertaining. I. That it was, was the, the best part of it. Yeah. And the Street um, Profits being back to have a match they've had 18 million times already. Yeah, exactly. I didn't. Everyone was so happy to see the Street Profits until it was that match. And, then, and of course, that was when the releases dropped and everyone was done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. At this point, I want to watch him fight because it's funnier to me. Like, what? I don't know. I at least do something with your billions of dollars to amuse me. <laughs> my my hope is that with stuff like that, when Jericho would tweet something like that, is that they're mindful that this stuff can come back and bite them in the ass. You got to because... live off it. Of, like, don't you put it out in the world? You better you better live it as well. Yes. And I I don't know that they're going to be able to do that forever because they're you know still anti union etc. So. There will come a time, and I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be like, oh, this anti AEW guy. It's not me. That's really no. At this me. point, I'm solidly. I prefer AEW because That's they've fair. just been making the better wrestling lately. And so with the my, death of NXT, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well, we'll see how deadly. How I don't really call it the death of NXT. I think if they go to focusing on seven foot weirdos, I will rapidly lose interest because I did not like the anything about the Great Kali, and I literally stopped watching wrestling. <laughs> That's fair. I get it. It was bad. I get it. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not. I, I I try to be 
pretty even keel with the with the AEW yeah. and, and the WWE stuff. And I think everyone gets that. The well, you have an uphill was, battle because I'm an AEW stand now. <laughs> fine. I know you messaged me in the middle of a show yeah. of an impact show because I'm also an impact show. <laughs> well, not anymore. I took this Thursday off. It was beautiful and a wonderful night. Anyway, the point is. I want to see. I want to see the success in wrestling. I do. Yep. I, I think about it. Think about it. GCW. GCW has built such a stupid amount of goodwill. Yeah. Through their shows, through the way they treat their audience, through the the community that they've built, all through silly shit like deathmatch. I and that's not silly shit. I like deathmatch wrestling. I do. Like yeah. it's not for everyone, but like I I, I don't love it. But like I'll watch it. Yeah, but that was the last. Community. The last match we saw was a death match live. <laughs> it's true, and I just, I, 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 there's, yeah, like Ring of Honor has even built goodwill, but there, but you build this goodwill because eventually you're gonna have to stash it for a rainy day. Because guess what? Something's gonna happen. Look, man, the WWE's done grosser shit. That's the thing. Like, if but if they, this is what does it for you, you're forgetting a lot of very vile things that they are responsible for mishandling. So, so this is the thing. Everyone is scum. <laughs> Welcome let to me, capitalism. So let me tell you, this is this is why I'm going here. Chelsea Green, who was recently released, love her or hate her, I don't care. I got to a point where like I was over her i was sick of her but now i actually get it i get it with her and i appreciate chelsea green i actually really like her now do i think again i think i've said this before do i think she's like the smartest most incredible woman that i'll ever meet no again you shouldn't ever think that of any wrestler definitely not wrestler but do i think that she is keeping her name relevant Throughout all of this, 100%. Yeah, 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 she's done a great job. <laughs> WWE had a trademark on her name. Okay, Chelsea and, Green. On Chelsea Green, on her Seems. on her God-given name, on her, on her actual <laughs> shoot name, her birth-given name. And earlier tonight, we found out that they actually dropped that trademark dispute. WWE yeah, I saw that she's it. she tweeted like I can't believe I'm going to have a legal but I think they would have lost that. <laughs> anyway, like I don't think you can defend someone's legal name. I I don't think it would have worked. I really don't. No, you can't. But at the same time, when you sign on that dotted line and you're giving away the rights, it also comes yep. with the agreement that your name is going to be used, mm-hmm. that your contract is going to go for the amount of time that you're signed for and that you're not going to be if you are released therefore the terms of the deal should also go with it so for them to not release the trademark initially made zero sense yeah 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 this is the the goodwill i'm talking about it's the optics because she is one person and they are one machine and if you put the one person as as frustrating as she doesn't look good (laughs) as 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 much as people don't love her it looks real bad to say Mm -hmm. i can't have my name that is on my birth certificate because my former employer, the juggernaut, will not release a trademark. Yeah, I mean, that's just a, that's an easy decision. Like, oh, we're not we're going to lose out on those millions of Chelsea Green bucks. Like, because in case what we want to bring her back or use that name for something else. They don't want to do either of those things. They have a whole lot of work to do in apparently redesigning an entire brand. So, like, not the most important pressing thing right now. Fighting for the name Chelsea Green. Wrestlers have learned 
over the years to trademark their names, to own them themselves, and yeah. to license them out to the people that sign them. AJ Styles did it. Samoa Joe has done it. Adam Cole does it. Um, other 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 wrestlers who have done it. That's a smart thing to do. That's the thing. If you created a character outside of WWE and you hand over your IP, you haven't been doing the research. Like you haven't been paying attention to your own industry before going into this negotiation. Nor have you been talking to a lawyer. Like, yeah. and I'm seeing the chat talking about Chelsea, like talking about all of the ideas she had. That's the conversation that I'm having right now is that yeah. she keeps her name relevant by doing stuff like this, where she's like, I want to be the Lily doll. And then I win the women's championship. That's going to both enrage you and get you talking. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Notoriety is what she needs right now. Yeah. Like it she doesn't matter what you feel about her. She doesn't care. I don't care. Like she, I don't care about your opinions on Chelsea Green. Like, she told the world that she wanted to pose for Playboy and everyone was like, yeah. And then she said, I also want to be the Lily doll and win the Raw Women's Championship. And everyone was like, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, welcome to, yeah, whatever. Internet, baby. Exactly. <laughs> and so, and again, like Impact had the same thing. They were they had the Hardys. Remember when the Hardys moved over from, from Impact to WWE? That was a whole thing with the broken mat and the, the universe. And next thing you know, Impact was like, no, forget it. It's not worth it. It burns your goodwill. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, you want to talk I, about yeah. the TV or what, 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 get, get, your, get your shit off. Go, go. Talk. Uh, okay. What was it? Uh, Smackdown. Smackdown was boring. <laughs> <laughs> Chat, was Smackdown boring? Or were you all taken out with us with the One, releases too? Like, I don't know, man. Like, Nakamura is doing the same dumb, boring crap every week. I don't care. Apollo Crews came out. That sucked. It ended in a DQ. Whoop-dee-doo. Literally, we're just recycling the exact same plot. Just plop out Nak like Biggie Nakamura, except there's Boogs. Literally doing the same thing every single week for almost three months now. Uh, 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 uh. He has a new guitar. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um what else again i said street profits being back is excellent loved that um bianca's uh, ar graphic still creeps me out because it's like a little shop of horrors monster um, with the braid it has a braid too i know it's a weird mouth body with a tail um but it's just like i don't again it's sasha and and bianca a match that already happened with the same plot, fortunately, without Reggie this time. But, like, I, it's not enticing to me. Zelina is just there to be punished some more. <laughs> like, she needed to win. She needed to win that match, and they yep. made her lose it again. And now, like, what? They're going to keep having her step out and be like, I'm next, and then keep losing. So it doesn't make a damn bit of sense. Like, so that's, yeah, Evan's mentioning, like, she wanted a title shot, and she is 0-3 in the recent past. It makes no sense, and it's boring. And like they're still, they're still playing off, like, oh, Zelina was on vacation. It's like, yeah, you fired her, and again, no, yeah, goodwill. And now you're punishing her for expressing her opinions about unionization, which were and, quickly, you know. Ridiculous. Like, the only th they had a potential to do a really cool spot when Sasha popped up on the ramp, and Bianca had Zelina in her arms. If she sprinted up the ramp with Zelina and chucked her at Sasha, that could have been excellent, but they funny. didn't because they're cowards. Um, again, I mentioned Paul Heyman, who is normally excellent just shouting what to fill up a full minute 
Um, and then like, you know, everyone berates Kayla. That was a couple of, that was two segments. Biggie with the briefcase is just going to show up and laugh like a deluded psychopath, which I can't okay, tell well, if I, I enjoy like or not. Yeah. I I, really I, I'm, I'm on the it. fence. I really can't decide because it, it went on for an uncomfortable amount of time and I don't know what it means. Like what he's just threatening everyone. Um, uh, maybe yeah. if he does it to literally every title holder. <laughs> Make it a gimmick until you can actually use him in the title picture. That's awful. Um, I love it. He should go up to Otis and do it. And Otis will just be like, I don't have a title. And he'll be like, I don't care. And he just smiles and laughs at him for a good 30 minutes. Um, oh, yeah. Tegan Knox wrestled. Hey, she she pinned my girl, man. I was upset. They shot a rocket at her, but they can't do any of that well either. And it's just like, why are they upsetting. bad? Are they are they the baddies? Is that what their characters are? Who's the face? Like, they don't know. They don't know. I, and that's the, you can you can. They don't know anything. The entire show is just I don't know. Put something out there, like they more Usos, Mysterios, which was just like I don't need your help, Dad. I was like I don't care about either of you. Like it, it was just nothing. It was just a big nothing of a show. Uh, the only good bit was Edge and Seth Rollins, which was well done because he called back to all the stuff that we were talking about. And then he's like, keep my child's name out of your mouth. Um, Wish, wish.com Seth Rollins. Wish.com yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Very funny. Um, the main event was Corbin, who can't afford music to walk out to now as a <laughs> shtick. Like, That's come on. You've got to give down. It's Baron funny. Corbin is it, no, no. And it's great, but it's not going anywhere. They, no, they, it does, there's no plan for it. They should have I, progressed his story this week, but nothing happened. Like he got his ass whooped by Finn Balor, and then they did a post-match segment where, okay, we'll get Finn Balor and uh, Roman Reigns after John Cena and Roman Reigns, I guess. Which is like cool. Thanks for setting it up because John Cena can't be here. So you're going to tell the story that is going to happen a month from now. Like Cena, who was advertised for the building. Had a dark match after the show. He was in the building! <laughs> and they didn't even bring him out for a minute. They didn't even do a backstager. They did nothing with John Cena. Why is that a thing? Why is that a choice that was made? I don't. And that's the thing. Like, I'm just going to see a different configuration next week of the same show. And you're going to see John Cena come out and cut a similar promo to the other two that he's done. But it's not like we're not advancing the story we're just remixing the one week of content that we have that's it that's all they do and it's getting a bit tiresome like i'm i'm wondering where and i see it in the chat where tony storm is yeah like you have all this talent where mia yim is they haven't mm. re him her back they they were they had pat mcafee gushing about how robust the tag team division was which is just like, don't call attention to your flaws by saying they're not flaws. That's insane. Like, that's a bad move. And then they have Liv Morgan. Oh, yeah. Had, Forgot about her. The biggest buildup to Money in the Bank. And again, like we said, and like I said a billion times in other shows, including ours, that she wasn't going to win. But they better have something planned because people are ready for Liv to do something. Well, she didn't do anything. Two weeks later, they're still without anything for live on TV. This goes back to that stupid, stupid network doc about Liv Morgan that was a self-own on creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
where they didn't do shit with her and they kept telling her no and then they kept pushing back her debut and her returns it's the same thing again she's not getting pushed she was getting pushed and then she didn't get pushed and i would i and I, I'm, I'm not going to tell you that the bailey injury messed things up but i will tell you that it certainly had a, it put a damper on plans for Liv morgan yeah where it shouldn't but because Vince had nothing in his brain other than we need to replenish the women's division when Bailey went down, that's what happened. Yep. And oh, I, I do wonder if the Liv and Zelina commentary Please thing, no. I wonder if that turned Vince off to a certain well, point. And, and th- good. Then we're in a, like, I this. agree with Vince on that if, if that is what went through his mind because all of that made me dislike both of them more. Yeah, <laughs> like, that segment was ass. Plain and simple. Yeah. Um, Dynamite was good. Like, yeah, so I, I actually that. really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, you know, highs and lows. But like, again, I'm I'm curious what's going to happen next week for some stuff. I like um, watching uh, my nostalgia. It, it's my nostalgia is a lot like those really bad dreams that I have where I'm underwater and I can't move fast. That was like watching that opening segment with Jericho and Hoobie. <laughs> was, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. By the well, way, okay. One by thing, the way, oh. top rope Judas effect. We got it. <laughs> hey. Did we go? Because I said I yes. said it was going to be very lazy and sloppy. It looked pretty good. I'll <laughs> give him his due. He did a good job with that that weird spinning back elbow. He jumped. He turned around and he hit a whatever man. He was on target, man. I didn't. I expected him to hit somewhere near like the edge of a shoulder. So it was good. Look good. Good stuff. Good for Jericho. Uh, Wardlow is the labor number four. I also appreciate it not being some big crazy shit every time. So tell me what. How did you feel about about labor number four being Wardlow and not a bill like someone like a Lance Storm or another? Well, we started act? we started with we started with the Sean Spears, right? So I was like, okay, that that's one, and then we did a couple of crazy ones, which is fine. Wardlow was a surprise. What I think was bungled a bit was it was announcing that MJF is the guest referee. No. But this was not. a Jr. Screw Jr. Up. Jesus Christ! That's what I thought. I knew it in my bones he was like how do you write that he loses there's no way like unless he grabs mjf's unconscious arm and slaps three which is not even gonna like that doesn't work at all and they're better than that normally like okay so that's jr screwing the hell up again mjf is the ringside um what's the word uh oh enforcer the guest enforcer. yeah 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 that's what i thought so anyway whatever jr screwed up so that's a bummer but like i don't mind i don't mind it being wardlow because he's the biggest scariest guy in their stable right like i think wardlow wins yeah that would be great i think that'd be really cool like you have a month until all outs if you want to do the match with mjf and jericho at all out you can still have and have mjf stick jericho and then Jericho forces MJF to accept the match by doing something that completely something crazy that yeah like that yeah that like and AEW burn has his the, scarf burn the scarf. Bur- burn all of his scarves all go find a closet full of go, Burberry scarves and set them a, on fire go to a Burberry factory in his hometown you can't you won't be able to order these for months like they'll be on back order until you're an old retired hack. Like I, I honestly and like that Jericho and and 
Juventud match was good. Like, I actually enjoyed it. I didn't mind it at all. I thought it was a fun time. Um, it was fine. It was fine. Forcing old man Jericho onto the onto the top ropes was, was a good shtick. Like, I'm fine that they could kind of poke fun in that. Um, the Hangman Elite segment was stu- was solid. Like, I really enjoyed the build for this. Yes. Like, they're just still harassing him. Uh, having Evil Uno and, and Grayson, like, hold back the rest of the Dark Order. Be like, no, he wanted this. Let him get his ass kicked. There are um, little the Bucks, things. There are little the things. The still can't do the the BTE triggers for shit, but like it's fine. <laughs> there are little things in the story that I like. Yeah, I like that the elite are calling him Hangman. Mm-hmm. I like that the Dark Order call him Adam. Mm-hmm. I like that the youngest members of the Dark Order are the ones trying to get involved, and the older ones, the leaders, quote unquote, are the ones holding the back and saying, "Nope, he's got to he's got to understand," but they're not going to give up on him. I like that story. I yeah. like the idea that the elite are only, they only care about Hangman when Hangman is doing well. Mm-hmm. When he's on the decline, they don't give a shit. It's a story. Yeah. It's a very easy story to tell. And they're finding little ways to make it more entertaining for us. Yeah, I really like, I like it. That. And that's the thing. I want to see what happens every week with that. No matter how like how small of a segment it is, I'm excited. Um, 2.0, like when we saw Daniel Garcia wrestle on Dino and say some words. He said words. Yeah. And he's That's got a fun. match now. He had a match with Moxley and Darby and Eddie and Darby was amazing in it. Like I'm slowly becoming more and more of a Darby fan. Like he's just, he did good stuff. It's been a good, good time. And Sting and you know, is great. Just like, so, it's so crazy to me that they can balance the use of a legend so well. Just yes. Like, where, yes. where has this been for so long with WWE? Like, well, no, WWE doesn't want to utilize their legends this way. They want to put their legends in 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 main event matches for the titles. They want to put 54-year-old Goldberg out there with Sunberg, and we talked about it already on the last show. They but with Sting and with Jake Roberts. I, I said this on the 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 Twitch distraction post show. So I'll say it again. In wrestling, the idea is you leave it you leave the business better than you found it and wrestlers live that feeling they believe Mm. that and they want to give back and aew tony khan whoever it is is letting those wrestlers those stings those jake roberts those people they're letting them come in and do exactly that can they wrestle once in a while absolutely but they're not going to wrestle on top Unless uh, Christian Cage is a little different. He's still young. He's still able to go. But with guys like Sting, he can still go. Well, guys I think like Sting, I, I think the main thing is that with Christian, like he really wants to keep going like this. Yes. He wanted to come back to wrestle. So like, that's fine. Um, with Sting, with Jake, with uh, who am I thinking of? Uh, there was another one. Like, even with like Mark Henry and Big Show where yeah. Paul White. It's the same thing. Everyone thought Mark and 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 Paul were going to come in and immediately wrestle on top. LOL, AEW is going to turn into WWE castoffs. That's not what they're doing. Yeah, they're letting Mark no. Henry and Paul do a, do shows. I'm not big on a four man friggin. The Rampage announced team sounds like a nightmare. It is absolutely. <laughs> That's one thing I'm down on. No, no, no. Three I've been complaining about. Now you've made it four. Uh, Two of those people never shut up, so I don't know how you're going to be able. Like, <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I know again. I miss Mark Henry's actual run because 
in all of the the wrestling that I watched leaning up to when I stopped entirely. Mark Henry was the guy who they kept for whatever reason wanting to make happen, but he couldn't talk on the mic, so it never happened. But then it happened after I stopped watching. So I guess he can speak now, but I don't know. <laughs> he's he's good. He is yeah, entertaining. Okay. He is entertaining. I'll trust you with that because he couldn't he seemed so afraid on the microphone the entire time. But we'll we'll see what Rampage really looks like. If it's actually a four man booth, that's gonna suck. I'm seeing Yeah. Tony said on Busted Open that Mark's going to do interviews and not commentary. Sure, if that's the case, great. I still don't like having CJ on my commentary because he just yells and screams at me for yeah, a good hour. Yeah, he's exhausting. But like, <laughs> and like, I like Taz. It's just, he can dominate the conversation when he's in character, which... Yeah, he talks. I don't think he'll be as bad. I think when he's doing the Rampage stuff, it's not going to be Team Taz shit. It's going to be him as a commentator again, which, you know, I know that he's capable of doing. I think him and Excalibur would be fine. Um, Mark Henry doing interviews. They wasn't positioned that way. They actually talked about Shavani, Shavani, like continuing to work and do the. He says, "I might hold a microphone or three Like, I think they're still trying to figure out some of the odds and sods with with Rampage, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah the show literally yeah. starts this week, and it's gonna go. It's under. It's gonna undergo some changes. I want to see. Week one is going to be growing pains. That's why they're not putting out like the biggest show they can. Yeah. It's yeah, the yeah. next week. It's the next week when they, when they literally turn on the lights and it's CM Punk and it's going to, he is going to, they're going, they're going to run it like Saturday night's main event where it used to be Hogan comes out first and they do that. It's going to be punk out first. Yeah. Like that's I, how, I don't that's how I think the show there's... has to go. I think there's so much potential. The addition of the second show with the depth of their roster, like if they can continue to tell the stories they've been telling, I think they're in a really, really good position. Like, and you know, there's sleeper stuff. There's Cage versus the Blade, which like I didn't mind as a match, but like Christian Cage's number one contender is just like, we got to do this yeah, because we got to do the Christian heel turn. So he's going to lose this and we got to buy time until we can get to the the eventual Hangman Kenny match. So uh, uh, fine, whatever. Oh, Hangman and Kenny. Like and there, there there was other stuff like Red Velvet's the number one contender now for the for the women's title which makes sense. Yeah, um, I'm not her, I'm not the hugest fan of her like, but she's improving a little bit. The she the promo it itself up. was fine. She stirs it up. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Like Britt Baker needs com- needs competition. You just and move it along. It, like, and they're doing it in the right place because they yeah. wanted they want to have a good match. Um, yeah. I, listen, I, this goes back to the whole. There's dark. There's elevation. And then there's dynamite and we're not all keeping track of what happens on dark and elevation. Some people are, that's great. Some people want to put their time into that. That's amazing. I know I'm not. So I just need, I need more of that. Like so-and-so has been on a run of winning all these matches on dark and elevation. You and I joked about it with hangman. He fell out of the top five. How do you get him back? You literally put him on dark and elevation for weeks and he keeps racking up wins and suddenly he's in first. Yeah. Um, they had a lot of packages on this show um, and a lot of backstagers. Like we had the Lucha Brothers Chavo one or uh, Andrade Chavo and the Lucha Brothers, which was fine. Uh, you know, they're trying to really push Andrade as a, as a douchebag. So why do you do that? You make him an elitist prick who hires a guy, chucks him against a wall and makes you shine his shoes. Every week we come back and we say this. 
Why does Andrade still think that Pac employs the Lucha Brothers? I, I think the gag is that Andrade's kind of dumb. <laughs> like, and I it, think it, that's it, part of this character. I think I think he's just, he thinks that he's such hot shit, but he's kind of a dumbass, which is not a bad character. That's fun in that you've got, you have potential to do mid and up and like higher card work with that, right? You can go yeah. back and forth, which if that's what he's actually doing, and hopefully I'm not just misreading the situation, but... Yeah, I mean, there there is that. There's also the idea that maybe he's he just buys all of his friends. Yeah, exactly. Like this guy who doesn't understand. <laughs> he just he thinks that every personal relationship is a because there are people like that out there, and they're the worst. Like oh, you want to get holy them. Holy shit! Like, I just got it. They're gonna move this over. It's not. It, it's gonna be Andrade. They're gonna move this whole thing away from Death Triangle, and and it's gonna become uh, Andrade versus the best friends and best friends are going to teach Andrade the true meaning of friendship. So it was at this point that uh, our stream died, Tim. Yeah, yeah. apparently everything just took a big old dump, which is disappointing. So for those of you- It was going so well. Those of you listening to us on audio, you get the rest of it. And I guess if you're coming over from YouTube, hey, welcome. <laughs> Let's finish up. We were talking about Cody. We were talking about the main event on Dynamite. We both liked it. We both enjoyed the, the tiny crutch and we both enjoyed Alistair Black kicking, sorry, Malachi Black, kicking the head off of Cody Rhodes. And I was making a point that the camera work has gotten a lot better in AEW. It's something that I really noticed. Very good. Last night was very like on point and for a lot of things, not just this match. Like they are, they have improved tremendously. Like, yeah. And so we see that uh, Cody is going to take some time off. Apparently uh, part of this is going to include the uh the the go big show season two that's going to be part of the reason why he goes away how long do you think he's gone though how long would cody rhodes leave AEW? to shoot that show probably like at least three months um i don't know i get the vibe that he's kind of working more behind the scenes on the show as well like i don't know that he's exclusively uh, like I don't, I, I think he's, yeah, I think he's more involved as a producer than I, than I would expect. So I think he'll do a lot of that work still, and he might find a preference for that. Like his teased retirement might be the beginning of it. Um, you could tell it was kind of in him. He because he he acted it pretty well. Yes, and I don't. He doesn't always do that. So I think he did a good job because I think I think that's coming, and I think he knows it's coming sooner for him than a lot of other wrestlers. And like when Cody retires, he's not gonna. He's still going to wrestle two matches a year. <laughs> but like, I, I think him taking a step back is like a, a weekly performer is sooner rather than later in reality. So I think so too. He's got some time before he finally calls it quits. Yeah. He really does. And I, a lot of people then turn around and say, Oh, he's going on paternity leave. I really, I need people to he's stop not, using I the paternity leave. I don't think he is at all. He they really tried, doesn't seem to care. They tried the same thing with Hangman because his wife is uh, is eventually due. First of all, I'm not going to sit here and tell you who's going to take paternity leave. That's not my business. But also, Cody, Brandy, Renee, John Moxley, they all said the same thing. And that was that they had no plans to take much time off. Yeah. That they still wanted to go. And that's fine. So I, I, I just hope that I hope that people realize that uh, Cody's more taking time off to do other work than he is 
you know, do anything at home. Yeah, <laughs> they absolutely. They got people working for them for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, they're pretty privileged. So it, it is what it is. I, I think I, I'll give him kudos because this match was really good. And he put over Malachi Black very, very well in this. Uh, the teased retirement, like I said before, meh, but whatever. It does build the feud. It's wrestling. It's fine. Yes. Uh is there anything else from AEW that really stood out? Uh, Miro is awesome. <laughs> I was, I everyone, myself included, expected a full-on beatdown of no Lee Johnson, and he yep. was great. It was very good. They had a lot of great, like, hope moments, and it just, this character is it, man. Miro is really, like, put together something special with this. So. Yes, he really is. It was a really, really impressive showing from Lee Johnson. Mm-hmm. I still think Cody's going to come back and take the title and all that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I think that's it for Dynamite. I think that's that's all we got. That's all we got. We're off the air. We're gonna we're we're doing this for the audio. So hope you enjoy. It's been it's been fun. Audio friends, thank you for joining us. Toss a five star review on this gimmick. If you don't know, now you're going to know Wednesdays at noon Eastern is the new time slot for Tim and Joel Call in the Ring and Sundays at noon Eastern. Maybe midnight. We'll see. We had a really good turnout on the live show. That was really upsetting. We might have to start talking about midnights. If it's worth it. Y'all have to make it worth it for us. Tim, where can kids find you on the internet? Timstone P T I M B S T O N E P on Twitter. The show is at Tim and Joel Pod, T-I-M-A-N-D-J-O-E-L-P-E-O-D. No, that's P-O-D. I can't speak anymore, Tim. I'm at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. We had a wonderful night. Thank you, friends. We'll get back to you Wednesday, noon Eastern, live, youtube.com slash Tim and Joel Pod. See you then. Cheers.